Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast by Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Emotional intelligence is defined as the capability of individuals to recognize their own emotions and those of others, discern between different feelings and label them appropriately, use emotional information to guide thinking and behavior, and manage and or adjust emotions to adapt to environments or achieve one's goals. Sounds important, right? Yet we really don't spend any time consciously learning about emotional intelligence and how we can not only enhance our own, but use it to our own benefit throughout our lives. Our guest today, Rich Bracken, is a national speaker on this topic, bringing his wisdom through education and life experience, and therefore the perfect person to talk to us today about how you can leverage your emotional intelligence when going through transitions like divorce. Rich Bracken is a national speaker, author, media personality, and host of the Enrich Your Soul podcast dedicated to helping people and companies establish sustainable change and improvement in their approach to achieving their goals. Rich has an energetic, insightful, and comedic approach, and I'm beyond delighted to have him here with us today. Rich, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Jennifer. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been looking forward to this for a while. The feeling is very mutual, and I'm excited to share with your listeners the the lessons that I have learned and, and give them some immediate power to move forward in a positive way. I'm excited for me and for our awesome, worthy community. So I guess just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. I know you're so passionate about your work. Absolutely. So, you know, a lot of what you what you spoke about, you know, I do travel the country speaking. I'm actually uh, in Tampa, Florida today doing some speaking on this topic as well. But I really I'm, I'm passionate about sharing this approach to life with as many people as possible. And through the podcast, through speaking, um, I've been writing articles for a couple of years now, and I'm, I'm excited to start launching a couple of ebooks that I've been putting on hold for a while. And I'm, I'm finally getting off the getting off the pot, as it were, to get them going. Uh, so I'll be writing a couple of books on this topic as well. So it's it's really, you know, it's important and it's on my heart to, to share that because I think once we go through experiences and we see things that work, that we we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to everybody around us and even complete strangers around the world to share that experience because you never know what's going to resonate. Absolutely. I mean, our life is our message, right? And if we can empower others through it, I mean, there's really no greater gift than that. Exactly. I love that. So, you know, you kind of already touched on this, you know, but our personal lives, you know, our personal experiences influence our purpose, our message. So I know you would say this is true for you. Do you want to share a little bit about your personal story? Sure, absolutely. You know, it, it is 100% true. And I, I would say that not only do I, but every, you know, a lot of the people that I follow, a lot of the thought leaders and authors that I follow will say the same thing is that your story is, is what you should share. It's everything about you, the good, the bad, the indifferent. Everything makes you who you are. And we're all very unique. And so I think that is where 
I started looking back on my experiences and I'm like, I didn't go through this for nothing. Mm -hmm. Like I, I came out the other side with a lesson learned. And if I sit on that information, yes, it made me a better person. But like I mentioned earlier, it, I felt it on my heart to really share it with as many people as possible. And so I think, you know, I, I've, I've got a, a myriad of things that I've gone through in my life and, you know, everything from, you know, being bullied as a child and battling depression and, uh, you know, going through a transformation where, you know, I actually lost a hundred pounds, but never lost that mental thought that I was the, the awkward fat kid. Right. And that really just, it, it weighed heavily on me on a daily basis. And it's kind of like carrying a hundred pound weight that you don't know is there until you take it off. And once I took it off, and once I understood the value of leaving it off, I felt lighter in my life. I felt more energetic and more in control and more powerful, not in a, a dominant, aggressive way, but just, you know, it's, it's kind of like if your car is swerving out of control and you get it balanced and, and straightened up again, you feel more in control. You feel safe. You feel aligned. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I felt. And, you know, there, well, I think a couple of the different things that I've gone through my life, uh, the bigger impactful things, you know, I was in a relationship years and years ago where, you know, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser by nature. And, uh, you know, this individual that I was in a relationship with, she, she was, you know, a, a wonderful woman. And, but as the relationship went on, I felt that I was compromising who I was in little, little ways. And that's usually how it happens, right? It's, right. The, it's the little things here and there that are just kind of chipping away at who you are. And it got to a point where I was being verbally abused and I didn't see it coming. And at that point that I had gotten chipped away at, I then realized that, you know, this was happening. Mm -hmm. So one morning I woke up and I looked myself in the mirror and I didn't recognize myself. My, the internal part of it, like the deep core of me looked at myself and I said, who, who the hell are you? Mm. And what, what, the, what does this come to? This isn't the way it should be. And so I ended the relationship that day and I said, I'm done. I'm walking away. I'm not going to take this anymore. You're not going to talk to me like this anymore. This I'm done. And while that was a moment of power, the subsequent collapse of the house of cards that I was at the time left me in a mess. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I will be the first to say, you know, there I think there are three things that people should always do in life. They should always work in the service industry. <laughs> they should travel abroad and they should go see a counselor. And I, I owe my life and I owe the, the direction that my life took to my counselor um, that I went to after this because I, I walked in and if you can imagine a mental or an emotional puzzle just in pieces. And I walked in with those pieces in my hand and I said, I don't know what to do. Right. Here's me. Help me figure this out. And God bless it, that guy. I mean, he was the most wonderful person. And really what he did was he, he started asking me questions back and I started figuring it out myself. He wanted to, and he told me at the end of our, our time together, he said, I wanted you to realize that you had the power within you to do this yourself. You right. didn't need to rely on anybody else to put yourself back together. You had the glue. You knew the picture. You knew how to put it back together. And I just wanted to let you know that in my own way. And that started the change. You know, it's so interesting because I think so many of us have that moment, you know, that that moment where we fall to our knees and you look yourself in the mirror. You know, I know I had it, you know, that who mm -hmm. am I? How did I get here? I don't even recognize myself. Right. You know, it's that painful moment. But if you, once you're looking back, it's really the most, one of the most powerful moments of your life. It's, it just, that's it. That's the moment, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, you go from, I think, dreading it to like, 
wow, I am so grateful for that moment. Oh, absolutely. And it's crazy when you talk to more people and you really embrace who the new you is. Yeah. That you understand and you start attracting people who have gone through the same thing. And the more you verbalize that, hey, I have had that moment. Mm -hmm. I have had that moment where I have just been alone in my room on the floor in tears, uncontrollably crying because I didn't know who I was. And not knowing who you are is one of the most painful things in the entire world. However, you've lost that identity. Absolutely. Because we're all born with that identity and it's the most sacred thing to us. And so when somebody, we allow somebody to to take a baseball bat to that priceless crystal vase that is our heart, mm-hmm. then it's a matter of what do I do now? Absolutely. But I will say that anybody who has that that crack with the glue that you and I both have, that we've put it back together and we've done it with pride, I respect anybody who's ever been through that. If you haven't been through that, you haven't been listening to yourself and you haven't been living because we should all have at least one emotional scar that we have battled back from that we have become a stronger person because of. Yeah. I mean, none of us come through life unscathed and really we don't want to, you know, I always say if you're not making mistakes and you're not falling on your face, then you're not living because we can't do this life perfectly. Agreed. And I, I've never seen anybody in a, in a very emotional transition photo, you know, standing on the beach, staring at the sunshine, meditating with a football helmet, you know, covered in pads because they didn't want to, they wanted to have a safe life. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's a matter of living out loud and, and being the true you and letting things be what they are and understanding that there is a way, no matter what you're going through, no matter what situation or what relationship or what what emotional challenge you're going through that there is a way to fix it there is a way to improve there is a way to move on and it is it is sitting inside of all of us and that's what i where i really got drawn to emotional intelligence and the power of it Mm -hmm. you know there are several books that i read that I'm, i'm happy to share with with your listeners as well that truly transformed my life and um emotional intelligence 2.0 by travis bradbury is is one of the ones that of those three um, that really, really set me on a course to being who I am today. Mm. And we're going to go right into this because, you know, this is what we're talking about today is really leveraging your emotional intelligence through transitional times like divorce. But, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of piggybacking off of what we were saying earlier, you know, that willingness to make mistakes, that willingness to really live your life big and loud and get a little messy. I think there's a piece of emotional intelligence in that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that as I learned all the skills that, you know, I just hadn't picked up along the way and became more emotionally intelligent, that allowed me to take more risk. That allowed me to loosen up and let go and just be more free. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just, it's a gift on so many levels that, emotional intelligence offers people and that you are going to give our listeners today. So let's jump into that. So emotional intelligence. I mean, I gave a very like booky definition at the beginning. So maybe just, you know, what is it more in like person to person terms? What is emotional intelligence? Sure. And the the definition you gave earlier was, was fantastic. And I think to kind of, to give it a layman's terms, a conversational definition, it's really understanding and managing your emotions, um, understanding and, and, and respecting the emotions of others and how all of those different factors interplay in any communication, any engagement, any relationship, whether it's professional or personal, it really is understanding all of the mo- emotional things. And I, I kind of look at it like a, 
Uh, it's it's very recipe-ish. Mm. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of moving parts. No two relationships are going to be the same. So the more flexibility and agility that you have with your emotions and the more intelligent you are about your emotions, you can you can manage those relationships effectively. And I think the, the best way that I've ever heard it's broken down is that if you think about there's two different elements um, that have elements within them. So if you think about a personal competence, which is your self-awareness, which is understanding what your emotions are, um, and being in tune with them, good, bad, and indifferent. This is not a, you know, the one thing that I want to say is that this is not a a path to being forever blissful. Right. What this is, is understanding that even when you get really pissed off, even when things go really bad, it's okay to acknowledge that. And then it's the self-management piece, which is, okay, understand all those emotions, but what do you do with them? Right. What do you let those emotions do to your daily activities, your response to others, how it affects you? You know, that, that self-awareness piece of understanding that I have certain triggers, but then that management piece of what do I do with those triggers? Do I, you know, do I pick myself up and do I move on? Do I raise my head or do I, you know, put on When Harry Met Sally and get a, a pint of ice cream and crawl into the corner, which, you know, sometimes doesn't sound like a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> but if you do it for weeks on end, it becomes problematic. Right. So then you take those pieces. So it's understanding who you are, understanding your emotions and understanding how you manage those emotions. And then the social competence side of things is really your social awareness. So understanding the, the emotions of others, being able to read people's body language, you know, having good conversations, but being aware of how somebody's coming off and what they're trying to do. And really active listening is a key piece of this. And then you take all of those pieces and it creates what we call relationship management. Mm. So it's, here's my emotions and here's your emotions. What am I going to do with those? How am I going to not use it to your advantage in a, in a manipulative way, but really how am, I, how am I working this relationship and how am I absorbing this relationship so that it benefits me for my own peace of mind? So I'm not trying to change who you are, but I'm, I'm understanding what you bring to the table and how I react to it. And then, you know, really, you hear a lot of people go through this, especially in social media, they're like, you know what, I unfriended all these people, I disconnected from all these people, because they were just always negative or always posting negative stuff. It's the same thing. It's really understanding that there are people that are going to bring certain components to your life. Right. And it's up to you to set that boundary of how you want them to impact you. Yeah. And it, so it's really like this conscious way of slowing yourself down, right? Like really internally learning how to manage yourself in this way so that you can be present to yourself, to others, to what you need, to what others might need, to, you know, what you're feeling, what you're seeing, how you're reacting, all of that. So at the end of the day, you can be in choice. Agreed. Right? Because yes. I think many of us are not in choice, right? We're kind of being dragged around by our emotions and our feelings kind of, they're like the wind, right? <laughs> they change Agreed. pretty Agreed. often. <laughs> yeah, and you hit the nail on the head. And it really is, it's a day-to-day -day thing. you know. And what I also want to make it very crystal clear is that once you understand this, it becomes second nature. Right. And it, it, you become more aware. It's kind of like you put on, if you, if you have bad vision like I do, and you put your contacts and you're like, oh, I can see the world a whole lot clearer. Yeah. Once you tap into your emotional intelligence and once you understand who you are, like I said, good, bad, and indifferent, the world becomes clearer and you see things more quickly. It's, it's like learning a trade that all of a sudden, you know, if I, if, you know, I hate Excel, you know, I hate working in Excel, but if I work in Excel long enough and I take enough classes, I could probably get really good at it. Mm -hmm. Same thing. It's teaching yourself how to use something 
all the time, finding the benefits, finding where the pitfalls are, but then managing all of those elements for your own daily success. You know, it's so interesting because yesterday I was preparing for our interview today and I was just thinking about, you know, in school, you know, like you just said, you take a class, a computer class, you learn computers. Mm -hmm. Like we never learn any of this stuff, right? And, you know, you're a coach as well. And I know when I'm working with clients and even myself, I mean, there was a time in my life when I probably couldn't name more than five or 10 feelings. You know, it was Mm -hmm. like, if I felt badly, I was either angry or sad or disappointed, right? Like, there are like so many different ways that we feel that most of us don't even realize or even know. And like just the power of that, like having the intelligence to name specifically what you're feeling. It's so powerful and so simple, but it's something, it's a skill that most of us really just are never taught. Agreed. It is. And, and, you know, and and I think especially, you know, I'm not going to divide this by sexes, but, you know, men typically are, are taught to be one way emotionally. Right. And I think that was one thing that I struggled with early on in my life was that, oh, this is the way we're supposed to be, you know, they, they, but there was always that deeper emotional side of me that I was like, but, it, but I feel like I should be different. I feel like I should be more empathetic. I feel like I should be more sensitive. I feel like, I mean, that's just who I am by nature. Right. But it was always, you know, this, you know, be manly men and do this and, and don't cry and don't show emotion. And the only emotion you should show is strength. And, and it, it's just a bunch of crap. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, it's, it's, unfor- it's unfortunate. It's a blessing and a curse, right? So it's unfortunate that we're never taught these things. But when we learn them, it's a blessing. And, and unfortunately, for a lot of people, it's later in life. And right. so I hope, you know, I hope there are some some 20 somethings because God knows we could all use a lot more more intelligence in our, our late teens and early 20s. But really, I think it's it you know it's better late than never. You're never too, never too old to learn something like this. And the minute you learn that, the quality of your life goes through the roof. So you could live a hundred days without it and a hundred days with it, and those hundred days with it are going to seem like the most blissful hundred days you've ever had. Absolutely, and I can totally attest to that. And then in addition, if you're a parent, as soon as your emotional intelligence goes up, guess what? Right, you get to start parenting in that way and giving that to your children so that they can learn it at an earlier time. Right. And, and that is in having two sons myself, I, I see that on a daily basis because it, it's not just, you know, it's that relationship management. It's, yeah. you know, your, your children may be acting out, but there's a reason for that. Yeah. They're too young to have these, these distinct attitudes and things like that. They're learning it from somewhere, but they're also not sure how to express their emotions. So I, when my, my sons start, you know, going down that path of, I could take this one way or the other. I could either discipline them or talk with them. And, I, and the more I sit down and talk with them, the more impactful it is yeah. and the more balanced it is. And we, come, we both come out of it on, on the other end of the conversation better. And I'm not going to say I'm 100% perfect. I have my days where things slip. Yep. <laughs> but at the same time, and we all do as parents, if, yeah. I were, if I were to sit here and say that I, was a, you know, I, I communicated perfectly every single day, I'd be a, a lying father. But you know, when, I, when I catch myself, I go back and apologize. Yeah. And I will say, hey, look, I handled that wrong. Let's sit down and talk about this. Tell me what you're feeling. And it, the relationship I have with my sons, even though they're young, you can see the impact. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. My son's 12 now and I'm totally with you. I mean, the relationship is, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a deeper, more present and um, more allowing, right? What you're talking about and what we're really going to get into is you're allowing for people to exist as they are. 
mm-hmm. you know, in their authenticity, in their realness. It, it creates this this truly sacred space for people to exist in and be in relationship in. Agreed. So how can a person really go about building their emotional intelligence, learning it? You know, everyone's going to be at a different phase here, right? A different spot sure. in, in their learning. But how can a person begin to to build it and enhance it? Sure. And I, and I think the, the first thing that you really need to do is you need to break down who you are. You need to break down what makes you happy, what upsets you, what makes you sad. You know, it sounds very elementary, but I, what I highly encourage everybody to do, and I've done this myself, and it's, it's, it's very powerful. It's very basic, but it's very powerful. But the more you do it, 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 it turns the light on, really. Mm-hmm. So if you sit down and say, what makes me happy? Just unapologetically, unedited, what makes me happy? And you start that list, not only will you find a tremendous amount of things that bring that source of happiness to you, you'll start feeling better. Mm-hmm. So write those things down. However, pen, email, whatever you need to do to yourself, write those things down. Same thing with, with sad, same thing with mad, same thing with frustrated. You know, write those things down. It doesn't have to be a laundry list, but just things that, to, get the, the thing, you know, to get the thoughts going. Right. And when you realize those things, you also are identifying what you should draw yourself more to and what you should draw a line, a boundary line on. Mm. So if I have this list of things that, that make me frustrated or that make me mad or that make me sad, how am I, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, how am I allowing that into my life? Right. Where am I allowing it? When am I allowing it? And why am I allowing it? Why am I, if I write down, you know, this person makes me mad all the time. If I can, if I can manage that relationship and say, look, I just don't want them in my life. Great. If you can't, then understand that, you know, reset your standards for them. You know, that's, that's one thing that I've done throughout my life is that people change and you, they're going to change on their own. You cannot change them no matter how hard you try. But the minute you start recognizing the change and the impact that it has on you, reset the expectation. Right. Don't imagine that person as this superhero or superheroine of, of happiness that, all of a sudden you think they're going to bring you happiness and they're just bringing you frustration and sadness, reset the expectation. They're now a villain, you know? Right. So if you have, if you have to deal with them, do what you've got to do to protect yourself and set the right boundaries and say, Hey, look, you're not going to talk to me like that. I'm not going to allow you to talk to me like that because we all, we set our own boundaries and, and it's easy. We've all been there. We've all let that person, uh, you know, they just, they were upset that day. They were tired. They were frustrated. I, you know, I'll let that one go. No. The minute you start letting somebody talk to you in a way that makes you upset, you've given them permission. Right. And so the minute you understand in your core and you build this, this emotional intelligence core, you can set up a bigger perimeter and a stronger boundary to keep those people away from, from your heart and your soul. But really, it's identifying your emotions, identifying your triggers. Set some time apart because we're always we're so busy, right? We're always we're going from one thing to the next all the time. Yeah. What I highly encourage both professionally and personally for people to do is block 15 minute increments with throughout your day. Give yourself that 15 minutes to catch your breath, write down your emotions. What happened previous to that? What happened in the two hours before that 15 minute slot? How did it make you feel? And it is, it's like training. It's like learning a new task. The minute you start saying, oh, this happened and this person said this to me and this is how it made me feel, but I didn't stand up for myself or I didn't ask them why they felt that way. I should do that next time mm-hmm. and, and understand those things. Like I, I can't stress this enough because we feel like 
we have to be busy all the time and that we have to fill our days with just BS all day long. Block those 15 minute intentional times. Give yourself three or four a day. Start with three or four a day and the more emotional intelligence you have, the more those times will be very valuable and pure to you and you will leverage those as kind of your oasis of emotion but you can go to those anytime. I love that because I think a lot of times what happens is something happens, right? Like, you know, someone speaks to us in a tone of voice that triggers us and but we're so busy, we don't mm-hmm. stop, we don't realize, but we feel it, right? So then the rest of our day gets affected. Maybe we start to, you know, go into an old story or maybe we start to act out or who knows how it ends up. And right. then the next thing we know, we go to sleep, can't sleep because something's bothering us and we have no idea what it is. Right. And it, and it is like what I mentioned earlier about the, the hundred pound weight. It, you know, if you imagine your day, if you wake up in the morning and you are you, you are balanced, you're, uh, you know, you're awake, you're having a good day, your morning kicks off perfectly. As you go throughout the day, if somebody were to strap a 10 pound emotional weight to your back and then the next person did, and then the next person did, and the next person did, and you didn't deal with that all day long, like you said, imagine what the end of your day is going to be like. Yeah. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be frustrated. You're not going to be able to sleep well. But if you take those 15 minutes and say, okay, let's peel these weights off and see what happened and how I can deal with this better next time. Because mm-hmm. I don't want these people strapping their their emotional weight on me because I don't need to carry that throughout my day. Yeah. No, absolutely. I like that. Okay. So, um, yeah. So really getting to know who you are, your, your triggers, likes, dislikes, these blocks of time. What else can mm-hmm. people do? You know, I, I think that one of the hardest things in the entire world to do is, is ask for feedback, you know, because we're afraid of what's negative, you know, and I deal with this when I coach uh, professional people as well, when they're talking to clients, they don't ever want to hear the negative. You don't ever want to hear what's wrong with you. You don't ever want to hear that there's a negative perception of who you are. But what I will say is that think of your two to three more, most trusted confidants mm-hmm. and say, I want your honest opinion about fill in the blank, this thing about me, or, you know, what do you think puts me in the best light? What do you think makes me a little bit more negative? What do you, what do you think? And be prepared because you never know what's going to come out. So what I will say is that it is your responsibility in that conversation to accept and appreciate what is being given to you. Because as hard as it is for you to ask, imagine asking your best friend to say, what makes me a terrible person? Right. And they say this, this is what makes you terrible. And it may not be something that you've ever thought they would ever say, Right. but it takes just as much bravery for them to say, Hey, look, you suck when this happens. And they're putting themselves out there in a critical stance. Mm -hmm. That's very tough for them. So you, all you, all you are allowed to say at that point, when they give you that feedback is thank you for telling me that Mm. you absorb that you, you factor it into everything else. But it's not in a, they're like, I'm not doing this to make myself feel bad, but you can't get better. Like I played years of football and never once did my coach ever tell me that I was doing something wrong because he wanted to hurt my feelings. Right. He wanted me to get better. So if my stance was wrong, my technique was wrong, my, my effort was wrong, he would challenge me on it. Not to say that I'm a piece of crap and that I should not play football, but it was that I want you to be better. I want you to be the best that you can possibly be. And here's what I'm seeing. You may not realize you're doing it, but here's what I'm seeing. And it's the same way when you engage this conversation about your, your positives and your negatives. Yeah. And just say, look, they're telling me this not to hurt my feelings, 
but to make me a better person. And I appreciate them for that honesty. Yeah. And that's so powerful. I mean, because that's really standing in a position of, you know, I just want to to live to my potential. I just want to mm-hmm. improve. I just want to be a better friend, a better parent, a better boss or whatever. Right. I just exactly. want to be the best I can be. Exactly. I love that. I'm going to take a really quick break here. I'm having so much fun talking to you. I forgot (laughs) to take our break. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back talking with Rich Bracken about emotional intelligence. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. We are back talking with Rich Bracken about emotional intelligence and how you can leverage your emotional intelligence during uh, transitional times like divorce. And Rich has been telling us different ways that you can enhance or improve your emotional intelligence from wherever you're starting. And I just wanted to see if there are any more that you wanted to add in here or if we should jump into telling people, you know, really how they can apply this directly to divorce or transitional periods in their life. You know, I think we can we can definitely jump right in because I think that's that's the most powerful thing for this uh, this amazing audience is that they've come to this podcast for a source of power. They've come to this podcast for a source of a way out or a source of inspiration to to improve their lives and improve their emotion. And I think the one thing that is most important in, in transition times, because having been through this, I remember it very, very clearly, is that when you come out the backside, mm-hmm. and like I mentioned earlier, I was I was a shattered mess when I came out of the backside. And and this was not that long of a relationship, um, but it was a very powerful relationship. But and I understand so if you've put in a decade, two decades, and this you're walking away from the you know the person that you've known most intimately all this time. There, there are lots of little voices that will start popping up. What did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? Why did, why did they leave me? What, what's wrong? You know, all of those negative voices that creep in, and that's where emotional intelligence saves you. That's where emotional intelligence becomes your best friend. If you have that self awareness, if you start working on who you truly are, because again, I think once. Once you get to the end of a relationship, there there's so much there's so much tense, you know, uh, very very argumentative stances, or maybe it's just null, and that's what's driving you crazy. Maybe it's just there's the emotions not there, the the passion's not there, the love is not there, and so you start asking questions about yourself. Mm-hmm. And the long and short of it is that, you know, and I'm not going to say this is blanketed for 100% of the cases, but you know, I'd say 99% with confidence is that it just wasn't the right person. And it just wasn't the right person to set you free for who you are and appreciate you for who you are. You know, I think, uh, you know, I mentioned a couple of books, you know, that were a couple of books mm-hmm. changed my life earlier. The other two um, are by Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements and Mastery of Love. Oh, I love those. 
Oh my God. Bibles. <laughs> those two books, those two books in Emotional Intelligence 2.0 changed my life. Just straight up changed my life. And the one takeaway that I had, one of the many, many takeaways I had, had from Don Miguel Ruiz was that love is all about being happy with yourself and living in this, this dance with another person who is just as happy with themselves. Mm. So if you imagine that, if imagine your, your self-awareness is high and you, you're very in tune with your emotions, you're very in tune with, with what makes you happy and empowered and frustrated and you understand all those things. And you're with somebody who is not, who is very um, codependent, somebody who is very negative, somebody who is very controlling. They don't have a high self-awareness. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. They came into the relationship like that. And the, you know, it's, it's sad to say that people you know, put on this facade of, of the courtship that they feel like they have to be something and they have to live this certain life because they, they're not secure in themselves and then they wind up you know, winning somebody over, but then you know, eventually there's no way you can spend that much intimate time with somebody without figuring out who they truly are. Right, the truth And so once you get to a point where, the, where the, the mask comes off and the costumes come off and the lights go down on the stage and you see the person for who they are, and you're like, oh, what the hell? Who, is, who are you? And then you're in a position where like, well, maybe I can help them change or maybe I can help them be happy. Maybe I can fix them. Oh, no. Like I've been there. Yeah. And I, you know, you, like I said earlier, you can't change anybody. What you can do is say, Hey, look, we're in this together, but this is what I need for you. That's your boundary that you set because you're, you're, you've got a high self-awareness. You understand what you need. You're managing your emotions. You understand now. So from that social awareness standpoint, you understand now who that person is. And that relationship management piece is where you say, Hey, look, if you're not going to, if you're not going to do this, you know, this is what, this is what I need. This is my halfway point. If you're not going to come to that on a consistent basis and work with me, then something's got to give. And I think we've all been there where we've compromised and we're like, Oh, they'll change. They'll get better. And we just keep apologizing and allowing that consistent behavior. So I think once you get out of that, once you're, you're transitioning out of that, you've got to understand again, that was them. Like if you can, if you can focus on your self-awareness and your self-management and understand that you can't control, nor can you expect certain things of people that act a certain way, then you can, you can separate yourself. And it's not, I'm not trying to sound cold blooded about this, but would you rather move forward from that divorce, from that breakup, whatever your situation is, and constantly spend every single day wondering what's wrong with you or understanding that, Hey, I've taken a hit. I can now focus on me. I can spend time with what really makes me happy. I can spend time journaling. I can spend time really focusing on me as opposed to having this person take from my emotional bank account and right. take from my daily happiness. And it, it really is, is all about coming back and kind of circling the wagons for yourself and understanding what your emotions truly are. Yeah. And there is a piece though, you know, just going back to what you were saying before about, you know, this person wasn't the right person. And I like to say that that person might not have been the right person for forever, but I do believe that that person was the right person to give you that hit, you know, to trigger you right. into whatever this place is right now, where you're now, you know, growing as a person, where you're now uncovering who you are. You know, you couldn't get there before for some reason. So that was the right person to sort of get you there in whatever way possible, right? 
I completely agree. Yeah. So there's like this piece of personal responsibility. Like, yeah, we're not responsible for how they are acting, but you know, we are responsible how, how we show up. Right. And like the changes we make and the growth we, we take on and all of that. Mm-hmm. I, I could not agree more. I, I could not agree more. And, and you, you've taken me back to a, an image and a conversation that I had with my counselor before where, you know, I, I was, I was building my confidence back up and he said, here's what I want you to do. He goes, I want you to take a picture of her, like a picture that you have either on your phone or on your computer or whatever, print it off. If you have it in like tangible, hold it in your hand for hold that picture in your hand and say, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. I forgive you. And I appreciate you because you've now changed and you've now given me new strength. Yeah. You've changed who I am. I'm not the same person that I was when I entered this relationship, but I'm better for it. Because like you said, first of all, spiritual, like I, I will always say that God will never, ever give you something that you can't handle. Right. Period. I don't care how deep in your depression you are, how sad you are right now. There's nothing that you can't handle that any position that you're put in, you can figure it out. And it may take a little, take a little bit more soul digging and, and, and deep diving on yourself, but you can figure it out. But I agree wholeheartedly with what you said, because if you look back, and I'm, I mean, I'm talking even back to like high school. Mm-hmm. If you go all the way back and look at your relationships and maybe what is the one lesson you took from all of those? What is the one thing that you learned? How did you become a better person because of it? How many, and, and relationships, mistakes in life, decisions that you've made, all of them. There is no such thing as failure. Right. As long as you learn from those things, you did not fail and you did not do anything wrong. You need to learn from that mistake or you need to learn from that decision or learn from that relationship and get better because of it. So I, I agree with you 150%. Yeah. And I think that, you know, exactly what you're talking about, that when you're increasing your emotional intelligence, when you really have a grasp on it, that's when you're really able to stand in that space and say, okay, this was not a situation I would go back to now, right? This was not quote unquote healthy or however you want to define it, but here's what I can learn from it. Here's how it's changed the trajectory of my life. Here's how it's going to empower me, whatever that Mm -hmm. is. But it really is that ability to tap into that emotional intelligence. I completely agree. And one of the, one of the, one of the hallmarks of high self-awareness is the fact that you're able to move on from tough situations, whether they're tough conversations or tough periods in your life, having that understanding that you can do it and that you are built to come out of this better, that just that mental thing is like, I mean, you don't, you can tell yourself that all day long. It, it, there's no shame in saying, Hey, look, you know, I, I was laughing. I say things like that. Cause I think of Stuart Smalley from, uh, from Saturday night live, the, the good enough, smart enough, dar- doggone it. People like me, but really that self-assurance and that self understanding and that self convincing that, Hey, look, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. I'm built for this and I'm going to be a better person because of it. If you have to tell yourself that a hundred times a day, you will then become that because you will have manifested that strength within you and you will come out better. Yeah. I mean, there is something to be said about faking it till you make it, right? (laughs) Right, right. If you, if you have to get a, if you have to get a poofy 80 sweater and a gigantic mirror and sit in a chair and tell yourself that, yeah, you go do it. If you, right. if, you don't know, if you don't know who that is, then you need to go look up the, look it up on YouTube. <laughs> yep, exactly. So what changes can people expect when they, you know, when they start to focus on, on their emotional intelligence and enhancing it or increasing it? 
Sure. You know, I think some of the key benefits of, of a higher emotional intelligence and the things that you're going to see from a personal standpoint, you know, we've talked um, about boundaries and setting boundaries, you know, that I can't stress that the importance of that enough because we really, we, we set the tone for how people can talk to us and treat us. And so the, the stronger boundaries you set, the more you realize, hey, you know, there are people that cross that line and I'm going to readjust how I deal with them. But then what you also do is you appreciate more the people that respect your boundaries and the people that are bringing you happiness. You become more self-motivated. I mean, we all need that. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm probably one of the most motivated people that people will say that they know, but there are days you know, where I'm like, I don't want to do Jack today. Mm-hmm. And those, you know, we all have those days, but at the same time, having a higher emotional intelligence allows me to rebound from that quicker. Right. So I can have those days and it's, it doesn't become a week of those things. It becomes usually a day, maybe a day and a half. And then I'm back on the horse. And without the shame, right? You know, it's right. like allowing those, those moments, giving yourself that, that space, that permission. Absolutely. And it's, and, and we all need that because yeah. again, again, go back to the idea that we always have to be busy and how many people, you know, every, every publication that I read on a regular basis now, at least once a week has an article about burnout or depression mm-hmm. or being over busy. And we do it. That is, that is our society. And I'm glad that it's being talked about more so people can realize more like, hey, look, it's okay for me to disconnect. It's okay for me to not look at my phone. It's okay for me. I mean, you know, I'm a a child of the 80s. And I remember the days that there weren't answering machines, there weren't email, there there wasn't caller ID. If somebody called or somebody wanted to get a hold of you and they couldn't, that you just didn't know. Right. So if you think about that now, like putting my phone in my in, in my office and walking away and going and spending time with my kids, it is the best thing in the world. Yeah. It is the best thing. And even if I even I'm like, oh, I wish I would have had a picture or, or a, a video of that because they did something funny, I have the memory. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is. It's so critical to really understand how that benefits you. But again, you know, understanding that it's not shameful to have those times of replenishment and have those times of, you know, like you pour yourself a glass of wine and watch three Netflix shows. Who cares? You know, <laughs> right. That's what you need or 12. Who cares? If you want to go catch up on the entire season or the entire series of Game of Thrones in, in one week, go for it. Yeah. But understand that, that if that's truly what you need, that's great. If you think about it, it probably isn't. But allow yourself to have that time to replenish. And honestly, you become... You become more balanced, and you know, I, I balance is a very cliche word in a lot of circles. But I think that balance and that understanding, because if you think about balance, if you think about standing on one foot, you're not balanced because if somebody comes and pushes you, you're falling over. Right. So if you're balanced and you've got your, you know, your feet set and you're balanced and you're strong and you're you're ready for impact, your life is a lot better. Mm-hmm. And so if you can find that balance, and you know, I'm I'm a strong, big believer in meditation and yoga and journaling, all those things where I can self-reflect and find that foundation and find that balance, my life is it's so much better because of it. So finding that foundation and finding that balance is, is critical, but that is just part of coming, it comes with the, the rays of emotional intelligence. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, I mean, and I hear the passion and just the inspiration in your voice. And so what's possible, you know, for anyone listening right now, maybe they're just in, in a low point or wherever they are in their, in their journey, you know, what becomes possible? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, what I will say to anybody listening right now, and, and like I've said earlier, I, not that I don't care where you're at. I do care, 
but it is, it is irrelevant to where you're at in your life right now because the one thing that we all have in common is that we, could, we can tap into that inner core of ourselves at any time, and it's okay. It may sound scary. It may be, you may be at that point where you don't think that you could do this on your own. You don't think that you can, you can come out of this darkness. And I'm not going to use the light at the end of the tunnel cliche because sometimes it's a train, right? Right. But, <laughs> it, you know, what I want to say is that no matter where you're at, no matter what situation you're in, no matter how dark it's gotten, no matter how frustrated you are, no matter how you feel like every door has closed on you, there's one that's cracked open. You've just got to open your eyes. You've got to be willing to walk through it. And you've got to believe in yourself to get to a point where you are going to be okay. Like I said earlier, you were built for anything. You were, any situation you're in, you were built for that. You can come out of it. You can be better and you will be better the minute you decide because it's up to you. It's not up to anybody else to drag you out. It's not up to anybody else to do anything to pick you back up off your feet. You can do that. I think a, a good support system is critical. And we all have those couple of people that we can go to for, for reassurance. But at the end of the day, you have you. Yeah. And that is the most powerful source of inspiration you could possibly have. Because if you can't believe in yourself and you can't pick up your pick yourself up, you've just not looked hard enough. You can and you will. So powerful. So good, Rich. Thank you so much. This was I mean, even for me, just so inspiring and motivating and and grounding. I know I'm so grateful. I know our listeners are too. Is there anything else that I missed or that you want to share before we say goodbye? I just, you know, I, the one thing, and I don't think anybody has ever done this. I've never heard it. And it's just kind of a top of my head thing. I want to give everybody that's listening a gigantic audio hug oh, I love because that. it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You have come to this podcast to find some sort of answer, to find some sort of inspiration. And, and I hope that our conversation today was that for you. And if not, then hopefully it sparked something that will develop into a large fire within you that will get you back on the right track. Because like I, can't, like I said, you can and you will. So I'm giving you a big audio hug. Everything is going to be okay. You're going to find your way. And you know, hopefully this was the, the, the spark that lit that. Thank you, Rich. How can our listeners follow up with you after today? Sure. You know, I, I, I would love to hear from, from all of you and how this impacted you and how things are moving forward. I, I would say the best way to, to connect with me is through richbracken.com. Uh, all my social media handles, uh, videos, blog, all podcasts, everything is on there. You know, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at richbracken1. Um, but you can find all of my links, all of my social media, everything on richbracken.com. Well, thank you. This was amazing. Thank you, Jennifer. This was awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate your work. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Take care, everybody. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you, so email us at podcastworthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.